And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Hear that podcast growling, mean and angry. Hear that couple shouting, it's Stainer and Jay. It's Stainer and Jay. Today's episode of Hear That Podcast Growling, presented by Visa Network, working for everyone. Paul Energy, Jay Morrison of The Athletic are here still working for you on Hear That Podcast Growling. Because it's February. We're into it. Super Bowl week, uh, part one. Next week will be Super Bowl week, part two, with 180% more good weather. Jay, you are currently stuck in a Spring Hill Suites in Charlotte, North Carolina somehow. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> trying to find your way back to Cincinnati uh, from a hellish couple days of traveling. Yeah, at least there's no ice down here, but I still can't get home. So I went from the beautiful Candlewood Suites in Mobile to the Spring Hill Suites in Charlotte and uh, have, have one more shot. There is a 1040 flight tonight to possibly get home. Otherwise, I might not be coming home till Friday. I never expected this Senior Bowl trip to last this long. I think I I think it's time to just go right to LA. I think you know what? No flights to LA. I think you just start driving. Just keep right on going. You know, just keep right on going all the way across this beautiful country. You already had to drive to Kansas City. Might as well just just keep seeing this beautiful land of ours. I am not the best when it comes to avoiding texting and driving. I do it more than I probably should. I don't think I could write stories driving to LA. <laughs> uh so it's there's a lot going on you have been down in mobile uh this week and we've been kind of working on a bunch of stuff the team has not really been practicing that starts thursday um and we have a top there's there's a bunch of news to get to and and that's gonna be a topic um we're going to talk about the fact that uc is going to be practicing in the they're going to be practicing in the UC bubble. The Bengals are going to be in the UC bubble for uh, Thursday, Friday, potentially through the weekend as this ice storm comes through town. That is a whole topic in itself. We will dedicate time to it. Um, there's a bunch of other random nuggets of news we want to get into. Uh, first semblance of an injury report. Uh, Tyler Eifert reemerges. I enjoyed uh, our watch party. We have the, the Brian Flores lawsuit story is incredible. Um, but uh Marvin Lewis has kind of and Hugh Jackson have showed up as as in the middle of it. So that, that those are the kind of news nuggets to get through. But this episode is really going to be about really so, a story that we've been wanting to tell for a long time. And what I, I I think is the really the centerpiece when you get beyond Burrow and Chase. And partially, <laughs> this storyline is a part of those guys. But I would say, you know, specifically, you know, the storyline of Burrow this year has carried the day. Zach Taylor and the, and the team chemistry has been a big part of it. The story, really, though, 
is about Duke Tobin and this personnel staff and what they have done to put this team together to build it around Joe Burrow, help foster the atmosphere that has turned into this lightning bolt magic in a bottle, how they did it, and the fact that the rest of the league has on average 25, including the Rams, 25 people in their player personnel department, and the Bengals basically have six. Nobody is anywhere in the vicinity of what they are as far as tiny scouting staffs. Yet here is this group that has kind of created a team that has the quarterback, has depth, has youth growing together, all drafted together, under contract, a defense under contract after one of the most remarkable free agency periods you've ever had. They hit on every major debate and decision. They've littered superstars and all pro, pro bowl type players across premium positions. They have a ton of cap room to build with more, more picks coming. Players that were prominent picks that look good, that were injured and didn't play this past year. They are in as good a shape as anybody can be. I think they've built the envy of the league right now. These, this small collection of people. And I think they are a story that needs to be told. We have a lot more coming on this um, in the coming days and week. But we wanted to start because our podcast listeners, you know, a lot of you guys just listen to the podcast, maybe don't read all the stories or like getting it through this medium. So we wanted to bring you some of that stuff in now. It's going to include talking to all of them. Uh, the team uh, that they have, and Jay, you did some in Mobile. I did over the phone as well. And and talking to them about the job they've done. That starts with Duke Tobin. We'll have a full 10-minute interview with the direct, Bengals director of player personnel and sort of the architect of this and the guy that really should be holding the Pro Football Writers uh, Executive of the Year Award. Uh, and we'll we'll continue to get that praise. Um, so we, we'll have him. We'll talk to Director of Pro Scouting Stephen Radicevich, Director of College Scouting Mike Potts. Uh, names you're familiar with if you listen to this podcast because we have talked to them a lot. Um, you'll hear from them on a couple different topics. We'll talk to scouts Christian Sarkeesian, Andrew Johnson, Trey Brown, um, about what they have been able to do. And then through the lens of the Senior Bowl, Jay, you were down there, and what they've done at the Senior Bowl and how important that has been to going Senior Bowl to Super Bowl. Um, there's just a lot to get to with those guys. So we really wanted to kind of have a chance to dedicate an episode. And this being Thursday, the game is all next week. We'll have so much coverage from L.A. about the game and everything. We, we wanted to give it really the time it deserves and that they deserve because the job they have done – is nothing shy of um, incredible, and 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 they deserve it. So uh, that's that's today's episode. You know, you say twenty five versus six, and that sounds stark, but you really see it when you're there in person, waiting outside the gate to to grab these guys and kind of set up interviews, and it's like. The Pittsburgh Steelers are coming out of a clown car where they just keep coming and coming because these guys are all wearing their team gear. You know who's with what team. And it's just, and it's not the Steelers, just the Steelers. It is all these other, it, they're just, they're flowing out of there one after another. And, and I, I mean, there was so many of them. I miss the Bengals guys. I know what they look like. I know what the Bengals logo is. Somehow I miss those guys coming out. And luckily, um, 
Duke came out by himself and I was able to grab him and get everything set up. But it is that when you see it in person like that, that the, the contingents, cause it was different last year, last year they were limited to 10 per team this year, the limit's gone. They're allowed to bring as many people as they want. And I, I only saw one head coach and that was Tomlin. I'm Mike Tomlin of the Steelers. Obviously they're in the market for a quarterback. This is a big senior bowl for them, but the, seeing the amount of scouts there for every other team was was really jarring. It's not like you don't understand 25 versus six, but when you, when you see it up close and personal, you realize how much they are fighting uphill in that regard. Uh, I, you know, I, all of these details will be in stories that we write, but just to give you the AFC North snapshot, uh, Baltimore has just listed straight listed on their player personnel department on their website. Baltimore is 34 names. Cleveland 29, Pittsburgh 21, and the Bengals have eight names listed. They include uh, Bill Tobin, Duke's father, who does work for them, and uh, Debbie LaRocco's secretary. So they, they you know, they have, um, it, you know, a third, hmm. a third, third of the size. But, um, you know, you look around the league and you wonder how many people look and say, huh, wish we had that. We'll get more to that with them in a minute. Let's jump through news, Jay. Uh, so you see – is going to be hosting the Bengals here for these practices. And so they're, they're going to be, <laughs> you know, it's like they're showing off for the movie that's going to get made about this team at this point. They're going to just be taking buses through town through an ice storm to get their practices in. Like, should we just start casting the staff for this movie? I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the degree of difficulty to just try to give the opening scene a, a little bit, bit more drama. Um, they're going to, they're going to be driving in buses, from Paul Brown Stadium down to Clifton through an ice storm to get these practices in because they do not have an indoor facility, which you're well aware of. That's a story. We don't know if Saturday and Sunday will be like that. We don't know how much the weather will clear. It's sort of up in the air. But this is where it shows up. This is where it shows up. You know, it's... It's it's kind of a fun thing. It's a fun rallying point for a team and a young team through the year. But look, man, if you are going to be playing in January and into February and your biggest games in December in this town and you think for a long time you are purposely putting yourself at a disadvantage not having – I mean, I, I get it. You don't have to use it all the time. And you can say, oh, yeah, we can just bust down UC. Nobody wants to take buses and and to have to do it through ice storms. Like, I, these guys rally around it. I get it. But I would think this might be a bit of a wake-up call, as if they should need one at this point, <laughs> uh, about the absurdity of, of this situation. I keep having thoughts in my mind. I I don't know if anybody out there is familiar where this UC practice bubble is, but it's there's – to get in and then to go around the corner to the entrance, it's two separate incline. I, don't, I won't call them hills, but they're inclines and buses going down icy inclines. I just, this it's a bad situation all the way around. And it's th- just the logistics. It's not, you don't just put guys on a bus and, and ship them 10 minutes up the road. There's, there's all the other equipment and stuff that they need to get there. And it's, it is, it is far from ideal. they, they always say, no big deal. We'll practice in the cold. It makes us tougher. And yes, you can practice in cold. You, If it's super windy or if there's persi- precipitation, 
ice and snow. Like now you, you can't practice outdoor in this stuff. And it is, it's a, a major disadvantage. There's, there's one thing to, to having that, I don't know, that negative impact that, that you can rally around, but this is, you're getting ready to play the Super Bowl. I mean, to be, to be put at, at this disadvantage is, is not ideal. I, who knows? Is it going to change anything? I mean, what's it been? 54 seasons and they haven't built one yet. Maybe this is the wake up call, but it's, it is, it's not going to be a good look, especially if, if all the news cameras happen to be there and they're, they're getting shots of the team coming off in an ice storm, going into a bubble, um, off of buses. It's just, it's, it's, this is not what you want for, for PR for Super Bowl week. No, uh, but I mean, and because now the whole world, there'll be, a, there's a lot of people across this country that are going to learn. <laughs> over the next few days that the Bengals don't have an indoor practice facility or anybody listening to this podcast or that's followed this team for a while has known that. And that's, but th- this is, you know, you can talk your way through it all the time and this, and this team has done a great job of that, but you know, it, it's, and we've talked about it. It's like the hilltop thing and they're trying to do it. And, and it, the grid lines that go down into the city run underneath the practice fields. And so there's all kinds of logistical nightmares with why they can't build atop the practice fields. That's why they tried to get hilltop. And that thing is caught up in city and county madness, uh, trying to get that all figured out. And so those are the things you'll hear talked about, but. Nobody will care about that or really want to hear the nuance about it. And these players don't care about it um, right now because they're the ones that are on buses through an ice storm. But, um, you know, that's where it's at. That's what it's going to be right now through this weekend. It doesn't affect anything for the Super Bowl. This is what they've got to do. Like that, you can't build a bubble overnight. Uh, but they're going to go out there and, and that's, that's what this is going to be. We'll, um, that's their practices. Um, Let's you there. They spent Wednesday doing their NBC TV production shoot down at the uh, stadium. Uh, the they are going to be in the black tops, white pants, and orange socks. Uh, announced their uniforms, which I know people are very excited about. Uh, same ones they wore against San Francisco. We mentioned that on the live room yesterday. Um, and and so they're but NBC was here, Tony Dungy and Drew Brees, and everybody doing their interviews and getting all that stuff out of the way. I mean, it's crazy because they haven't been on NBC that they had to do all of the stuff you would normally do probably in the middle of the off season. If you had a game on Sunday night football now, because they didn't have a game, you know, nobody set that up. So they had to come in and do everything that you could possibly need um, for a, a game on Sunday night football alone, much less the extra stuff you need for the Super Bowl. Yeah. For those that were asking maybe why, the the Bengals Chiefs game didn't get flexed or some of those maybe that was part of it where they NBC said we don't have our normal production package for this team now, I don't know if that would keep them from from putting an attractive game in primetime but it is it is curious I, I wonder how many teams were in that situation that that didn't have all of that pre-recorded and it's just another – I mean, we have not talked to any of these players since Sunday night after the game. It's it's Thursday as we record this. We will get a chance to talk to some players today. But they have they have been locked up. They've had a day off. They've had a travel day, obviously, after the game. They've, they've had so many other things going on. And now probably the last thing those guys want to do before they get on buses to go to UC and play or practice in ice 
under the bubble is is do media, but that will be the case. We will get a chance to talk to them a little bit later this morning. Yeah, well, they better get used to it. Okay. Yes. This is what the Super Bowl is. The, su- the Super Bowl is watched by over 100 million people, and it's media. There's a lot of media, and that's a, a big part of it. Um, so even the pro shop is closed today, Jay. That's when you know. That's when you know yeah. it's bad. When they're trying to sell all of this Super Bowl gear, they're like, can't even open up. All right, let's take a second and switch gears here and hear from a sponsor. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. No watch party at PBS because it was a stupid idea in the first place, but apparently the NFL is the ones that came down and said, yeah, I, I don't I don't know if the NFL said, hey, don't do it. Or the Bengals said, hey, NFL, can you not make us look bad in the situation and say no to this bad idea about opening the stadium? I don't know what it is, but they claim that there's all kinds of logistics and regulations and blah, 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 that the NFL says you they can't have a watch party inside of the stadium. It was a dumb idea anyway. Everybody should be out on the banks, inside of the local restaurants and bars, these places that need these lifts from days like this, after the way the last two years have gone, they should be the ones where everybody's out watching the Super Bowl and gathering together, uh, not inside Paul Brown Stadium eating Aramark hot dogs or whatever the hell they'd have to logistically try to pull off for that. So um, anyway, uh, that decision came down. Um, Tyler Eifert, was tweeting about he's got a celebration for CJ Uzama if he gets in the Super Bowl, and it was the one he's actually done it earlier this year. Uh, the where that Eifert did in the, one of his last games in Atlanta when he pounds the football on his head and uh and pretends to chug beers. So look for that from CJ Uzama if he plays and scores a touchdown. There's also very weird tweets from Eifert about like almost was he like pretending he might come back for a one day contract he's using eyeball emojis I really appreciate the trolling job of Tyler Eifert who's who's not coming back to to play in one last game though daddy Eifert is uh is is too busy probably he's probably got a tea time for Sunday morning so he wouldn't want to cancel that
yeah, he's living the good life. But it always it is always good to hear it, see him pop back up because he was he was probably yours too. He was one of my favorites to cover in his time sure. here. Yeah, no, very good guy. Uh, injury report first showed up. Uh, we have Trey Hendrickson who had an illness, did not practice. Well, they didn't practice, but they have to put out a report at, uh, under what it would have looked like if they did. So Trey Hendrickson would have been a do not practice because of illness. CJ, because of his knee, of course. Uh, Cam Sample still with the groin injury. They would have had Stanley Morgan with his hamstring limit. It will be interesting to watch him if they could maybe get him back and Josh Tupo in the same respect. Uh, knee. So we'll see if they would be able to come back over the course of the week and a half if that extra week will help them. Uh, and then Jackson Carmen with a back and Wyatt Ray with an ankle would have been full participants. So they're basically okay, but they've got dings. Uh, that's kind of that on news for now. So we can kind of wrap that tie a bow around it. Um, we'll of course have another podcast as we start to look forward. If any emergency pods are necessary over the court next, next few days, we hope they're not, but we are talking to guys, talking to players. They're driving through ice. If we need an emergency podcast, uh, we'll be able to offer it for you. But Monday we'll be, we'll be back with one for you Monday. Uh, so that we'll be right all fully in the game week. But for now, let's switch gears here. Let's talk about the scouting department. You know, the guys we mentioned earlier and the situation we mentioned earlier, you know, I, I just I can't imagine a job that deserves more recommendation when you look at and we've talked about this over the course of the year a bunch. I mean, we we'd had Mike Sando on uh, a couple weeks ago and, and he's kind of looking into is this maybe the best free agent offseason haul of the last 10 years from any team? Uh, the the way that it's worked out, and that it's an interesting thought when you start thinking of it through historical perspective. The team that almost never does it has come in and done it almost better than anybody, and the way it's all worked out. I mean, it. it I don't know, Jay. I mean, is it possible? I mean, it's possible, but is it? Is it how improbable is it that a this could be pulled off with a scouting staff and a coaching staff that aren't so closely connected and that haven't proven to develop relationships where they work so well together. They seem to have such a great feel for exactly what the the other side needs, what the team needs as a whole, and the coaches for exactly what they're getting and, and how that fits the plans. I just that whole combination, I think, has really kind of made for a, a, an important mix in why the Bengals had done it. And that is stuff that you kind of don't always get in, in other places where area scouts live across the country. They're never hardly in the building. You don't have relationships in the building all the time. And that doesn't say that this place is doing it better than anybody else. I mean, I think you could probably see by the fact the rest of the league doesn't do it this way. But you know, I, I do think that has been a major asset to how they've been able to to build this thing. Yeah, because they they rely on the coaches so much to kind of fill in the gaps as scouts, and so they are cross checking each other, and and you you get on that same page as far as the the type of player you're looking for, it, both in terms of of measurables and in terms of fit. It was interesting. They were talking so much this week when I was talking to him at the Senior Bowl about that there might be a guy out there that is is really good, and 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 they don't take him not because they don't think he's going to be good. He's just not the right fit for what they want. It's not you see that all the time where people say, "Oh, you could have drafted so and so." 
he went 10 picks after you and and it looks like you whiffed and that's not always the case maybe so and so wasn't the right fit for your scheme and and they are just totally meshed in that regard it's 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 Trey Brown used the word one heartbeat that the way that the, the the staff that the coaching staff and the scouts work in conjunction with this and you you see it it's it, it's interesting you mentioned the free agent class. I, I went through and I was looking at how many guys they've drafted from the senior bowl, and there's a lot. And I can get to that later. But what really struck me is how many guys that they scouted at the senior bowl that they went back and acquired later, whether it was free agency or any other method. Take, for instance, this year, the the, the last two years that what they've done – DJ Reader, Larry Ogunjobi, Chidobi Awuzie, BJ Hill, who they traded for this year, Trent Taylor, who they signed off the the street as a free agent this year, all playing major impacts. Those are all senior bowl guys. Those are guys that they were had were in with interviews and and it's not everybody scouts the senior bowl, but they the Bengals just go in so deep on this and, and having the coaches involved. And when, when you can have that kind of success knowing exactly what the coaching staff is looking for it that is a big part of it it's not just the fact that they had a whole bunch of money this offseason it's that they they picked the right guys there's there's not a lot of whiffs in that free agency class no i know I, I you know i want to um kind of bring in a, a few of these uh, these guys now and, and hear from them because it, to me the most interesting question is kind of it is about the vindication you feel and like i can't imagine everybody has something like this where it's something that's just kind of this known stereotype about you or your family or your job and you just get so sick of hearing about it it's just it's your life it's what you do it's how things operate for these guys to only hear Bengals scout right oh what are there like five of you right like the the and the condescending nature of that and the way it's used is why the Bengals are behind the times because they only have a few guys, right? I mean, that to hear that all the time must be so grating and you know how hard you're working and you know you feel like you're doing great work and, and you feel like you have a tr- real appreciation for the advantages of the process of us of the smaller operation. And I think they have that. It doesn't mean you don't still take issue with it. And how could you not sit there now after you have sent built a team that is in the Super Bowl and not say, you know, want to say, yeah, who, who's got the small staff now, right? Mm-hmm. Look what we're doing. We're doing it the right way. It's, it's vindication. So I kind of talked to each of these guys about that, and they each had different answers, and I, and I, I liked all of them for different reasons. I'm going to put them all together here. Uh, the first one is from uh, Scout Christian Sarkeesian, and the second voice you'll hear is Director of College Scouting Mike Potts, and the third one is from Scout Andrew Johnson, and they all kind of answer in different ways um, about that topic. Did you ever, I mean, over the course of the time that you've been here, take issue or get sick of it being pointed out that you guys are a small staff and that's the, the first thing definitely. that people say? Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. I think, I think 
that's definitely something that like motivates you um you know when you're grinding through tape and it's you know your you know your ninth long night going into a tenth long night where you're at work for 14 plus hours it's like you know it's just more motivation where it's you kind of need that chip on your shoulder just like with these players too right it's like it's just another chip on the shoulder um and uh i think again part of us being in a small staff has also allowed us and and doing both college and pro has allowed just those collaborative efforts to even uh, be more highlighted and, and really what i guess what i'm trying to say there is um being both on the college and pro side, you learn what plays in the league. When you kind of get siloed just into the college side, you kind of forget what a, you know, what a fifth linebacker looks like. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you forget what, hey, yeah, this this fifth or sixth, fourth, fifth or sixth wide receiver, he's got a lot, he can separate, he can do this, he can do that. Well, that's all good and fine, but can he help on special teams? Like, it, it's just, you have, it, you don't get caught up in so many questions. You, you know the questions that need to be answered. You know the boxes that yeah. need to be checked um, when you're doing both college and pro. I would say that that is a uh, that is a huge advantage that the size of all the size of our staff and the way that we do things um, definitely definitely uh, kind of results in. But for you guys to have built this. Um, that is that vindicating for you considering what people traditionally say about you know the Bengals small scouting staff and all that stuff i don't know if it if it vindicates you know people talking about the, the small scouting staff i mean we 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 embrace i think i've told you before we we kind of embrace the we view it as a positive we view it as a good a great challenge and it's also great for our careers and our knowledge of both guys playing in the league and both guys uh, and, and also guys coming out as draft prospects on a year to year basis. I mean, we, we don't view it as like, Oh, we're, you know, we're understaffed and, and it's, it's, you know, we, we, you know, what was me? Like, you know, it's, it, we had it so bad. Um, we, there, there's a lot of positives about about the way that we do things. So, like you know, I, I think it just it just all came together, and we we build it the way the way it, like you like you mentioned. You've got you, there's a lot of factors that have that have to come into play. You, you've got to get the uh, got to get the right players with the right makeup who you know preferably are are younger than they are. You know, more, more on the front nine of their career than than on the back nine. Injuries are are a huge huge part of it so there's just a lot that came together so yeah it, it is vindicating and it, it is satisfying and and you know it, it does it does make a lot of those those rough times that we went through feel like they were worth it because you know the the hard work that we we're putting in we are seeing the the fruits of our labor now um but at the same time you know we're you know we're not naive enough to to not know that we, we had a lot of things break our way this year and and by no means have have we arrived yeah like like you mentioned maybe we are the the envy of the league in some people's eyes but like we're, you know, we're, we're still out here, you know, grinding at the all-star games and, and watching tape and, and writing reports and, and meeting and calling coaches at colleges and doing background work on free agents. And we're, we're trying to get better because, because we, we know if we have, if we have a, a bad off season coming up, then it's not going to, it's not going to 
continue to build this thing for sustained success. So, um, it is, it is satisfying. Um, but it's, it's by, by no means, it's the same thing as, as, as what I was saying about, about just winning the AFC championship game. It's not like, it's not like we've arrived or we've, or we fully accomplished the, the end goal. You know, we, we want to build this thing for sustained success going into the next five to 10 years. And we also want to on, on the short term, we want to win the Super Bowl this year. The one thing that the thing about the small scouting staff, you guys, how do you do you get sick and frustrated of people saying that every time they would talk about you guys as a, as a group? Did that ever just wear on you? No, no, never, <laughs> never. Um, you know, if you're secure with your work and you're you know you're confident and you have conviction in your work and um, know that you're doing everything that you can to make the team better day in and day out, whether that's you know, calling the safeties coach at Syracuse in, you know, the middle of June, or it's bringing a box of donuts to, uh, you know, the the staff at Michigan from a, a local donut place that I went to as a kid in Ann Arbor, or if it's, uh, you know, sitting down and watching tape with one of my coworkers in the office or, you know, talking to Jesse Bates about the guys at Wake Forest, you know, if you're, uh, and it takes, it takes time, you know, I, I was 22 years old when I started with the team. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think I told Potts, you know, last year, you know, at the, right around this time last year that in the middle of year five, that five years is when it clicked for me. You know, what I was trying to accomplish with a player, with the tape, with his background, with every source I spoke to, with every visit I went on, with every pro day I went to, every time I turned on the, on the tape, you, you learn every every report you write, every round of meetings you get to, and you read your work, and you, you listen to other scouts, you build your player bank of, of players that have been drafted and succeeded or, you know, not been drafted and succeeded or been drafted high and failed, you know? So it's a, it's a never-ending learning process, um, but it's, uh, you know, finally, this is six years now, um, you know, I feel really, really confident and secure with what we do. And, you know, honestly, I think there, you know, I think when, when we first jumped on the phone, I think there's a little bit of just around the league, you know, I think there's a lot of admiration for what we do, especially now that we're winning, you know, and um, just being out at these all-star games the last two weeks, you know, getting the, getting the congrats every time you walk around with your team as you close on it's It's awesome. And I think, uh, you know, I think at least in the NFL circle, there's a, there's a lot of respect for us. And yeah, you know, if you, if you read, you know, what the, what's said on the media that, yeah, you, yeah, we have a smaller staff, but it's, you know, like I said, if you're secure and confident and have conviction in your work, it's, it doesn't bother me at all. A great, great to hear. And, and thanks to, uh, you know, Christian Sarkeesian, Mike Potts, and Andrew Johnson, and we have others we've talked to. Are just kind of plucking a few from a lot of these interviews uh, on that topic. You know, I I I I look at these guys and you know, Andrew at the end. They're talking about you know the things you do and all the little details and you know t- taking donuts and to Mich- to to Ann Arbor from this donut place in Michigan when you show up and talking to Jesse Bates about Wake Forest people and and, and all those types of examples that you hear and and you just got these you know you I think they really connect with these players in that way and it was kind of something that came across talking to them is 
the chip on your shoulder nature of just being a Bengal in general that this defense has talked about all year. And, and I think they have the same thing. There's a, there's a real motivator in that for them in the idea that people kind of look at them and roll their eyes or think whatever. And and I, that's been really such a rallying cry for this team. It's It kind of struck me how the, I think this staff working through the last few off seasons has has kind of felt that same way. Yeah, and, and what's what's great about it is you you feel that way. You hear the outside condescension, and it's they're they're not saying, "Hey, we did it. We proved you wrong." I mean, every along the whole step along the way, when I was talking to these guys, they were talking about how exciting it is that that the roster still needs improvement. That that they they built a roster good enough to get to the Super Bowl, but it's it's by no means this fantastic roster that can't be improved. And they, the, the excitement is there that they, they still ha- have to work this off season to make it even better. And the, the, the flip side of that, where the, the, the outside view where it's a small staff and they're, they're not doing it, they're not putting as much into it as they should is the reaction from those in the business the other scouts that see these guys over and over and over again, because they do cross check each other. They have their certain areas of the country they cover, but because it is such a small staff, they, they kind of bleed over each other. And, and the other, the other scouts on other teams know how hard these guys are working and how much time they're putting in, how much travel they're putting in. And there is a, there is a real appreciation from those guys on the bigger staff seeing what the Bengals are doing with less. There's no doubt. And, you know, they're not in this, and that was kind of a common thread, they're not in this to get appreciation. You don't get into scouting because you want to be front and center or anything like that. You get in because you want to win a Super Bowl and you love the idea of building a team and, and, and all of that entails. And I think that's why they've taken – you know, a lot of pride in, in what they are in the fact that they've all had such big hands in building this because they do cross over college and pro. They don't want to be siloed. They feel like there's an advantage to understanding that. Like they said, what a fifth linebacker looks like and what he needs to be able to do, you know, where you're not just constantly looking at the same college guys over again. I mean, I go back to a conversation we had with Greg Seaman, who used to be a, a scout here who went to the Browns as a tight ends coach talked to us before one game back when he was in with the Browns about how, you know, he offered his services. Like, you know, I was a scout for like decades and did it really well. And if you want my opinion on some of the guys you might be bringing into my room, they said, no, 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 we're good. We, we, we got that, you know, like that. And not all teams are like that, but there is a, a lot of things where college guys do college things. Coaches do coach and pro guys scout the pro people and 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 then you end up in there's really whatever a couple of guys trying to put it all together the fact that everybody kind of has that feel i think does go a long way all right let's just take a quick break with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice quick strategic thinking is crucial and with obstacles consistently impending determination is essential in overcoming them It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. You mentioned people admiring what they do. Uh, Jay, you kind of talked to guys about it. They're now showing up at the Senior Bowl down there. And everybody's pretty happy to to give them the congrats, man. Yeah, I, I, I joked with them because I, I thought that was the reason I couldn't find them. I was like, oh, they must be in there signing autographs because it was why why aren't they leaving? The practice is over, and they they said over and over again, it it is good to get that recognition from your peers. Um, but they were also like, whoa, 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 pump the brakes. Whoa, you said it. They're they're in this to win the Super Bowl, not to get to the Super Bowl. So they were they were really kind of a little uneasy at, talk, at talking about the we have arrived type of thing or that they've accomplished anything. They they don't view that yet. They they get they kept saying over and over again, we have one more game, we have one more game. But it was appreciated how many people came up to them and and congratulated them on getting to the Super Bowl and and knowing how hard all of these guys work with such a small staff. Yeah, uh, let's let's bring in some of those kind of talking about some of the the heroes welcome that has been happening. Uh, this was you with sitting down in a joint session, right, with uh, Mike Potts, Trey Brown, and Christian Sarkeesian. I am curious because uh, I was waiting for you guys outside the fence. I don't know how you got by me. I didn't see you. Luckily, I caught Duke and then got him set up. But what was yesterday like? You guys, I'm, this is a brotherhood, and I'm sure you guys have a lot of friends in the scouting business. Was were there a lot of people coming up and congratulating you guys yesterday? And yeah, I would say definitely it's a lot more fun being down here when you're winning when you're still playing. You know? Yeah, um, there was a lot of that going on for sure. Yeah. But I mean, was it as you arrived, or were people coming up in the middle of practice? Or I know everybody's got work to do, but yeah, I think when you know, you, you know, and you're in you're in this business, and a lot of guys you see out on the road and scouting during you know on school calls throughout the year. Um, and you know there is a, a little sense of brotherhood in, in the scouting community, and um, you know I think a lot of these other teams, you know, have been you know great and just in response of the congratulations, great work, great job. I mean, you know, we know how how all of us in this business work and away from your families and you know working working you know hours away outside the building or in the building, and um, so I think there's a common respect for all of us guys in, in the business and it's been you know it's been great to you know hear the congratulations and the praise from your peers but what I would say is like we haven't done anything yet in my opinion um, we have another game to play and that's mm-hmm. the most focused so I'd rather those congratulations <laughs> after we win the that's exactly before <laughs> before now because really to be honest we haven't done anything yet we I'm have one more game, game. <laughs> we got one I said more the same thing to Paul yeah yeah yeah. It's like, do you feel like you you, you like accomplished? I'm like, well, no. I'm like, no. I'm like, we have It feels good to get to this point, but like, it's not. It's not, not over. You yeah. know, there, there'll be time after the season to reflect and, and look back on it. Um, I would add to, to what these these guys were saying uh, to what you asked about the congratulations. We're we're scouts by nature, so we scout the other scouts too. And and there's 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 a lot of guys around the league that we respect, and I think there's a lot of guys that respect us as well. So. 
for example, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of really good scouts that have had struggles, you know, us included throughout throughout you know other teams that, that the team may not necessarily be winning, but there's guys that you respect that we you know are are excellent scouts. They just you know for whatever reason the the whole thing didn't come together to to win games you know maybe in that particular year. So it does it does feel good when you when you feel the respect from your peers. When it does, you know, in a season like this, when things are coming together for you, and they, you know, they, they, the, the scout, like, you know, we, we probably spend more time with with scouts from other teams at times during the fall than we do with with guys from our own team. So, like, those, you know, those guys, they see the they see the work that, that we put in, um, and it and it does feel good to to have the respect of your peers. I mean, and just just like just like we respect a lot of the guys from from other teams as well. So, um, it's 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 a tough, you know. There's there's really bad scouts and coaches I'm sure that have that have won a lot of Super Bowls. It's just you know, it's got a it's it's a whole it's a whole team effort. So I would say the validation comes in terms of winning the game, and then also having roster that we still feel like can grow. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not a finished product by it at all. But we're at a level right now where it's a we're competing for a championship. So I think in a sense there that um, the, goal, the ultimate goal is to win that championship, but to just be on that right path, there's a, there's a sense of validation there, I would say. Okay, so yeah, so thanks to those guys for, for sitting down and talking. And it was, you know, it, it you do get the, the sense that they really are appreciated. And it, the, the thing is down there, the, the watching the football, watching the practices is, is a big part of it. The interviews are such a big part of it. And, and when you have a smaller staff you, there again, you are instead of having group interviews, they're splitting up and it's one, it's a more of a one-on-one interview with, with a scout and a, in a, in a prospective player. Um, it was interesting. I asked them to go around and, and, pick maybe the favorite player they've plucked from the senior bowl. Um, Again, I, I told you guys I would get to this number later. Over the last 11 drafts, the Bengals have drafted 32 senior bowl players. And they all said, they know, nobody knows if there's a database anywhere, but they all admitted that that probably is the most. And if, if you think about it, 2000, 2019, the, the first year of, of the Zach Taylor regime, six of their draft picks or senior bowl guys. And then 2020, when they coached down there, three of them were, and Khalid Kareem and Marcus Bailey probably would have been had they not been hurt. And then last year they drafted another three senior bowl guys. So they, they, it's been a focus all along, but under the, the new regime, under the Zach Taylor regime, it is really ramped up with, with 12 guys picked in the last three drafts from the senior bowl. And then, as I mentioned, the, the free agents, they go back and they look at their interviews with these guys and, and look at what their initial thoughts on them. I mean, they, they look at pro tape, obviously when you're signing free agents, but they went back and looked at their interviews with DJ reader and Larry Ogan, Joby and Shobi Awuzier and, and what their initial thoughts were on them. So I asked them all to kind of go around the, the room and pick their favorite player that they've plucked from the senior bowl and, and, and Christian starts it with one, but Trey Brown and Mike Potts go in a different direction, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> I want to go through the same question for each of you, but do you have a favorite player that you guys have gotten from down here in the senior bowl? Is GP down here? Yeah. Yeah. That'd be mine. 
why, why is that? I mean, I love everything the guy's about, and just you just follow his career arc and just overcoming a couple struggles early, and then to see what he's matured into, and it still seems like week after week he's still progressing. Um, you, the way that guy's wired, what he brings to our defense, he points on. Uh, the importance he puts on turnovers that, you know, he echoes every day, every hour in the building, that sort of thing. I mean, I, that guy's very important, I would say. Did you happen to see his uh, post-game? Where the, yeah, he took the microphone. <laughs> yeah, I, it was so out of character for him because he's so quiet when he does interviews. I mean, yeah. maybe he's different around yeah. you guys, but uh, how about you? I know it probably wouldn't be on this roster, yeah. but um, a favorite guy that you've ended up drafting from any of your stops along the way? But. Um, I would say I do have a lot of guys that, you know, I, I enjoyed that has helped um, me win games at other places throughout my career. But I would say for me, it's probably some of the guys that we didn't take. You know, it might have been some of the guys where you thought, oh, my gosh, this this guy is going to be a really good player. You liked him during the fall. You you watched him on film. You like him. But then when we saw him at the Senior Bowl, maybe he didn't mesh with what we were doing schematically or maybe the fit didn't work out. And some of those um, scenarios have really helped us maybe not take a player, you know, or might maybe not take a guy as high um, and get the, get the value of the player right and select the player at the right level of the draft as more exposure, as we got more exposure. So it's also players that you take, but there's also players that you don't take because you're getting more information and you get to know about the player and you maybe didn't fit. So I think for me, it's, 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 it's taking this, this part of the scouting season and really diving in for it being, like I said, one one piece of the puzzle to ultimately make the best decision in April in the draft because um, we do have an opportunity to, you know, make some, you know, make some great decisions in April, and I think this helps us do so. Yeah, one. Yeah, I, I agree with with uh, what both of those guys said. Um, I would say just just piggybacking off of Jermaine winning us the winning us the first playoff game against um, against the Raiders with the pick, and then Logan we got out of here. He has the pick to to help you know help uh, help set up that game winning field goal um, to beat Tennessee. So those those two come to mind, but I wouldn't say any one guy is like my personal favorite because I'm I'm always against anybody saying, oh, oh, I scouted that guy, I found that guy. That's just not true at all in, in, in scouting. Like, there's no one coach or player or executive, or, or I'm sorry, scout or executive or, or anybody that was solely responsible for, for any single draft pick, trade, any type of waiver wire acquisition, free agent signing or anything like that. It's, all, it's always a team effort and, and, and everybody's, you know, really with our staff especially, everybody has, has some sort of hand in it. So like, I wouldn't want to just like put my name on, on any, any specific guy because it's a, it's a team effort in that regard. But I, I do agree with, with what Trey said. There's, there's a ton of, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to put anybody's name out there that, that we didn't take, but that, that, that is probably more important than the guys that you do take, you, you, you could argue, is, is uh, determining that, you know, this, this guy's not a, not a good fit for us. So, yeah. Um, that's that's a that's a good point as well. But there's the the senior bowl's been been good to us. I mean, a, a lot of the guys we've we've taken out of here are uh, you know they're they're guys that 
the first of all, they, they come down here and compete. You know, that's that's what, what we want to see. There's a lot of guys that don't, that choose not to come here. Come here and that, that just pops up. You know, a, a lot of guys have, have legitimate reasons not to, but that just gives us more questions that we need to dive in on and, and you know, try to try to figure out what their makeup is, see what their what their competitiveness is like. You know, is there is there something that they're that they're trying to dodge? So, um, you know, it's 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 a it's been it's been a been a place where we've we've uh, learned a lot about these guys and, and again guys that we've taken and, and have you know, chose to pass on. Good thing you didn't hold it against Burrow for not playing. Down there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know, I'm glad that that finished talking about Joe Burrow because it was where I wanted to go next because people are listening to this and saying, oh, yeah, great job, scouting staff, picking Joe Burrow number one, and he's changed everything. I think there's some – I mean, that is obviously – there is no body, no person in the organization that has not been directly affected and helped by Joe Burrow, the player, the person, the culture changer, right? Everybody has. That includes these guys because you have a better chance of players showing up as free agents, as whoever, draft picks, waiver wire claims, playing to the best of their ability when they feel like every time when they go out there, they've got a better than 50% chance of winning. I talked to former GM Bill Polian, and he mentioned that. he's you know He had Peyton Manning. He had Jim Kelly when he built teams in Buffalo and in Indianapolis. And he, he said, you know, he, he told a story about standing outside of a bus talking to a player and a player saying it was the year that Peyton was hurt and they were going to go 2-14 and 14 about how, man, I used to get off these buses and every single time I knew we had a great chance to win. And now we don't. And that is a lousy feeling. And mm-hmm. the difference that that creates for everybody when they have that belief. And, and that is something I think that is obviously a part of this. Burroughs, like, he's like the, the ninth scout, right? Like he's, or, or he's probably like five, counts for about five scouts. You know, when you have somebody or, and five coaches, when you have somebody that can help get the best out of everybody, that can help create a – uh, an enthusiastic winning environment and that's been so much a part of this is yeah they've hit on all these free agents yes Trey Hendrickson instead of Trey instead of Carl Lawson and letting William Jackson go and fixing and fixing that with Hilton and Awuze and and you know Von Bell and DJ Reader and Larry Joby and and all of these guys and all these moves they made and Riley Reef when he was healthy and, and picking Chase over Sewell and, and all of these things that they have done that have set these off that we've talked about over and over again um you know have gone a long way and that's big but you know, a, there a lot of it does go back to the catalyst. I mean, it does go back to Burrow as the catalyst for all of that, and and nobody knows that more, you know, than than Duke, than Duke Tobin, who has kind of been the one that's been building around the quarterback and has been doing since the day they draft him, and that's why there was never any indecision in their building that he was the perfect guy for them because that element, the ability to make everybody else better around him and what that could bring, was really what sold them immediately from the very beginning on him. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. I, I thought you were going into Duke there. <laughs> oh, no, I was here. I can, I can yeah. just do that. I can just do that. Yeah. Um, and you know, and and Duke, I, I, in my in my opinion, I think executive of the year. I, I, you're just not going to find a better off season than the one the Bengals had, and that's been helped for a number of reasons. But so this is our first chance 
to really talk to him. Normally they don't talk until the senior bowl starts. That's been the case for a long time. So we kind of lined this up and I, I spoke with him about a bunch of different things. Um, I chopped some of it up. We've got about 10 minutes of it here um, of my conversation with Duke Tobin on a number of different topics. Um, you know, you guys don't get to hear from him often. So I thought it'd be good to talk to him about watching this off season turn into this magical season and um and what that's been like for on a number of different levels so um we'll we'll come back after this and wrap it up but for now here's my interview uh with Bengals director of player personnel Duke Tobin I know you talked about when we would talk to you before about how you don't ever plan on being picking in the top five again and the frustration I think of the last couple of years what has that been like watching you know, years where just it seemed like things couldn't go your way and you guys had so much kind of bad breaks. And then this year where it was sort of the opposite, just the, the things, everything came together as you would have planned it. I know that doesn't always happen. What, what was that like watching just everything yeah. seem to fall into well, place health, like this? The, the health of the players is important and guys staying healthy, especially early in their career when they're getting their feet under them and, and getting the experience and getting the confidence. That's good. And then, you know, a, a team that that plays unselfishly and for each other and uh, really enjoy the process and the grind normally makes its own breaks as, as the year goes uh, on. And, and our guys have done that. They, they believe uh, in what we're doing, how we're doing it, and they believe in the guy playing next to them. And, uh, and that's a credit to, you know, the, uh, the, the culture that's been built here. How, how, I was going to say, how much was you, know, you and Zach being in lockstep, how, how has that grown maybe over the few years to, to make it where you guys were able to pinpoint so many guys that came in and perfectly seemed to add to that culture, um, particularly this last, I mean, really, I guess, through both free agencies the last two years, but particularly this last one that just seemed to kind of just everything snap perfectly into place from that, from that standpoint, the culture standpoint on top of the obvious talent that you guys added. Yeah, well, the number one trait that he's looking for and I'm looking for are guys that enjoy the process and enjoy the game. Now, they got to have the physical ability to do it. And, um, and you know, we were able to identify guys around the league that we felt fit that and uh, also had the physical talent to uh, upgrade our roster. And uh, and then it's on the players to come in and, and, and show it, you know, and, and do it. And, uh, and they have. And, um, but, you know... Uh, Zach and I have been on the same page from the start, and, uh, you know, I just can't say uh, how much uh, uh, he's he's done and the job that he's done, um, you know, leading the, leading the team. It's just been uh, fantastic. What's it like for you the moment the kick goes through on Sunday? Well, it's the culmination of a lot of work, and uh, like uh, the rest of Cincinnati, it was it was a darn good feeling for all of us up in the box. Yeah, what I mean that do do you do you start to maybe and maybe it's in two weeks, but do you kind of reflect on all the whole lot of work thing in a moment like that? Do you t- allow yourself to do that just so you consider how honestly, far you come? Honestly. I think most most people will tell you the neck the, the thought that goes through your mind is the next work that needs to be done and uh, and it's just uh, kind of the way the whole team has been they they, uh, they they 
they exhale, they're, they're happy, and then they go right back to work on the uh, next task. And, and really that's what, uh, that's what happens in a moment like that. You take a little time to celebrate, to exhale, to feel good, and then, all right, what's the next, uh, what's the next chore? And, and that's, that's kind of been the mindset of the whole team. I feel like, you know, the thing that always is going to be said and that you guys, I don't know if you feel like you have to constantly defend it, is the whole concept of the, the small staff and all of that stuff. Is this a vindication of being done with that for you of of the fact that yeah it's smaller so what i know i mean this is these got the right people the right voices to build a team like this and, and this is kind of proof of that is there a vindication in that for you guys this this team that you've built it, it's 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 never been and it never will be about how many voices you have it, it's about having you know or how many opinions it's about having the right opinions and 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 trusting in the guys that you've you've entrusted to come up with the right opinions and uh, you know six opinions doesn't beat two if uh, if the two are correct and in unison and the six are all over the board. It um, it's never about more. It's about uh, it's about quality opinion over quantity of opinion. And uh, when when you you can you can have you you can have less if you trust in the quality of the opinion. And um, and a lot of times that streamlines the process. And uh, if I thought we needed uh, more coverage, another opinion, we would add another opinion. And and we were able to add Trey because it was a good opportunity for us to to get an opinion that we valued that we thought we uh, we could use. And and uh, and you know, same thing with uh, Andrew and Christian. When we added them, we, we thought that those uh, were good ads for us. So it's it's always about quality over quantity, and uh, and that's just in the way that we've operated. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's funny. I mean, I think at one point I was talking about how every debate that whether it was people in the city, people that follow the team, you know, media, whatever, about you guys in the offseason, every decision that was kind of a debate, and you guys were at the center of a bunch of them, you guys kind of, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, ended up proven right on on about all of them. Have you ever, have, have you kind of, have you been through a season where it feels like everything that you felt was going to happen played out so, so, so nicely, kind of, kind of like this though? I mean, it seems like it's just, it's been kind of a, a special, um, Run. Well, when you make, yeah, when you make it to, when you make a, a an opinion, there you're, you're you're not guaranteed results, and it's on a lot of people to uh, to make the results what you envision. It's on you know the coaching staff. It's on the player themselves. Uh, it's on you know uh, you know what the guy's doing on the field, uh, who's directing them off. It's about your locker room and your veteran players bringing guys along and knowing how to prepare and so forth. It, it, the success of any one player is on a lot of different play, different parts of your organization, and and so you know that's what's been great is is that the. Uh, the, the structure that, that Zach has in place down there has maximized what we thought the guys could do. And, uh, and the guys themselves have come in and done it, you know. And, uh, and so that's, that's what's, uh, you know, encouraging is that we've got the structure in place to, to maximize uh, 
the decisions that we make and uh and so you know if if there's one takeaway it's you feel good about the direction of of the structure that's in place for these players did, did this kind of the having that structure in place and, and what happened with this offseason and free agency did it change a little bit of your view of how quickly affect an effective free agency can be going forward a little bit yeah, each team is different. Each team, you know, sometimes your team has has players that are already with you that need to be addressed in free agency. And sometimes you have needs that uh, aren't currently on your roster that you need to go out and find outside help for. But each team is different. Each team demands, you know, a, a, a different plan to, uh, to fill in and improve. And so that's what we'll be going through, you know, when our season's over and it's still not over. So, uh, you know, but we'll put together a plan for our current roster. Sometimes it needs what we've considered, you know, a, a, an influx of, of proven veterans. And sometimes it needs, uh, you know, new contracts for guys we've drafted and developed. You know, sometimes it needs some young talent through the draft, and uh, and we'll try to take a holistic approach as to as to how to fill and improve. Uh, you know, for next year. What what would what would winning the Super Bowl mean to you? It means everything. That's yeah. that's what you set out to do. I mean, that's that's the goal. It's it's it's. It's the goal of every decision you make, and it's the goal of every report you write or grade you submit, or uh, it's the the goal of every play call you make. It's it's the ultimate goal. So that's that's what we're here to do. And so achieving the goal is is everything. That's what it would mean. Beyond beyond the on the field stuff, what's been your favorite part of? Uh... Of, of this season for for you i mean it's been from a from an outside perspective from a city perspective i don't know from a locker room perspective is there something that's stood out to yeah. you that's been particularly you special know, the, what stood out to me is the enthusiasm and the camaraderie that uh that's been established uh down in the locker room and you can feel it when you walk in to go to lunch you could feel it when you walk on the practice field uh you know you you can feel it on the team planes it's just uh that the most satisfying thing is is how the guys have come together as a true team, and uh, and it just uh, resonates every day in the building, and that's uh, that's a great place to go to work uh, when when that's happening. Uh, great hearing from Duke. I thought that was you know great the way he finished it out, talking about you know his favorite part of this season being just the camaraderie that you feel every single day in the chemistry in the locker room. I can only imagine as someone who spends every day making every decision, trying to figure out how to create the most chemistry and talent together to, to be around this team all year and to watch that. It has to have been a, a, a pretty special thing to watch that develop. It's everything you ever hope would happen, but you can't, it's such an intangible element you know he gave so much credit to zach taylor for that and the combination of the two of them and that's the other thing about all of this is the coaches are so involved in that that the combination of all of that with getting players into that atmosphere has helped set that out set that that set that up for this magical run and and, and i thought it was interesting that that was his favorite part of this season yeah I, it was something that was interesting that steven radichovich said when i talked to him 
the way this played out, all the scouts were there at the at the game at Kansas City. Duke and Steven flew back with the team back to Cincinnati because they had to assess the medicals and see if anybody was hurt and they were going to need to sign anybody. The other scouts went straight to Mobile. So I was talking to Steven about that flight back. We talked about this on the last pod about the wild scenes and the partying and everything. And it was really the – it exemplified both parts of what they've tried to build with this roster because you did you had that tight-knit group that was celebrating this great accomplishment and Steven said, you would be surprised. He said, I was surprised that it wasn't the entire team partying. He said, there were a lot of guys already on their iPads watching the game film, already turning the focus toward getting ready for the Super Bowl instead of taking two hours on a flight to to have this this great party. And that's that's what they've talked about over and over again is finding these guys that that love the process, that yes, good football players leaders, captains from their colleges and guys that really love and embrace football. And that, that does that. I, I can just imagine Duke and Steven on that flight, like you said, just sitting back and just the, the appreciation watching both, both sides of that, the celebration and the guys grinding and getting at work and knowing that they have, they have constructed something really, really special. And that they're going to keep, keep constructing as they have as much cap room as any team in the playoffs and they're up in the top five overall and plenty of things to do and that'll be fascinating to get to but guess what jay the offseason unbelievably has not started yet (laughs) a free agency by the way the new league year is like mid-march i mean we're we're like six weeks away from the new league year It's it's just such a you know, they, they talked about too. You know, it really is a pinch on a lot of the stuff that they do the, this run, and no one's no one is complaining for a second. But it does it does change the dynamic of your entire off season schedule and what the stuff you have to get done. Um, but they just hope that they're getting it done while they're staring at the Lombardi Trophy inside of Paul Brown Stadium, which we will start to talk about next week, um, or maybe before that if we need to get to an emergency pod over things said, done, news that happens between now and Monday. But the plan right now is we'll be back with you on Monday. And then, of course, we'll be out in L.A., and we'll have plenty for you from Radio Row, from UCLA at the Bengals practice facility uh, out there, and, and a number of different things leading up to the game. We'll have a Super Bowl walkout for you. All the things that you can ever imagine uh, will be coming your way. Still, I'm still not at the point where I can say it, Jay, and it still doesn't feel surreal. The Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. I'm going to keep saying it. And hopefully eventually it will feel uh, more normal. Uh, But it still is kind of weird to say. But they are, and we will be too. All of that will be coming your way next week. But I'm glad we were able to take this moment in time to to bring these guys uh, from Duke Tobin and all his staff on down to you because you don't hear from them. They grind behind the scenes, and they do it in a way that nobody else in the league is asked to. And they because they feel like it's that is the way to do it, and they deserve a whole bunch of credit for this team that has put this special run together. So I was I was glad we were able to do this episode for you, and look for so much more uh, from these interviews. We 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 just kind of gave you guys a little bit of a sliver of it. A ton more coming your way this week, next week on this topic, and from these guys. So keep keep an eye out for that. For now. 
We'll sign it off, and uh, we will talk to you guys next week as Super Bowl week in preparation officially begins. Have a good one, everybody. Thank you.